Welcome to another episode of Jen and Her Jammies with me, Marvin Schneider, and the ever-present Jen Ward. Hello, Jen. Hi, Marvin. Hi, and Darshan. It was funny when we're doing the pre-recording banter, you were saying Darshan's getting irritated, you're saying just get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> hit, hit the record button. <laughs> yeah, he's like into it. He's like, he's into it. It's pretty intense. These recordings are pretty intense. Um, they are. We had a, um, so this is the third session that we're recording today. By the way, you remind me, reminded me, Jen, we're in a supermoon phase, yeah. which is interesting from an energy perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so that messes with the energy and um, all these weird things are happening. My heat keeps going off, my phone, uh, my doorbell keeps going off and um, my chargers keep burning out and just weird little things just to they're just messing with you yeah isn't it frustrating it is um and we've uh, uh two oh, sessions i just use them as gauges like so other people might like like get afraid like oh wow ooh, uh, the lights flicker and i just use them as gauges okay i'm doing something right i'm getting somebody's attention back off whatever energies aren't allowed in my space but just back off and I I get it you know they don't like the new equilibrium of what we're doing yeah and I think it's so cool that you know when when lights flicker when this happens you know when you're getting messed about you just sort of sit there and go okay <clears throat> stop you know you just push it out you know I had to do that when I came back I used to do when I first came back from the property and um, I was at a real innocent state. I used to have all these these um, energies from the astral plane come through for messages. I used to have people whose dogs crossed over. They would come and get me. And people who had relatives died, the person who died on the other side would have them. And then I was down in the basement doing my laundry. And one day, and I just got bombarded by all these souls, like just ask them for a piece of this they wanted this they wanted this and i just said back off that's not why i'm here knock it well, off you're a, you're a badass in energy and so when you say back off um yeah uh, they, back they off. listen do you want to tell the story about the um uh the aboriginal spear dude didn't we tell that, that one? oh and i tell it again because okay, that's just so, a really cool story so when i did my first poltergeist um, I was kind of scared because, you know, it's like a poltergeist. This guy's doors were flashing open and stuff. I had went into this um, pawn shop and just out of the blue, I didn't know the guy, nothing. He was open to my sister, but as I walked out, it was like there was a message from his father who was in prison, who died, but he had been in prison. He looked at me. I looked at him and I knew it wasn't me. I knew it was his message. And I said, Stop effing up. Don't go to prison. Cut it out. And in his life, it was actually, he was at a crossroads of either doing something that was too big and getting him in trouble or getting out of it. So I kind of scared him. And so they called me up because then they were having all these phenomena happen. I went to the pawn store and there was this one spear there. 
And I go, this thing, this thing needs, to, you got to get rid of it. It's, it's cursed. And he goes, I can't get rid of it. It was my best friend's spear and he died. And I go, how did he die? He goes, he got a sudden brain cancer and he died suddenly. I go, well, there you go. He was cursed. It's cursed. You own it. You're cursed. And he goes, but I can't. It was emotional. He couldn't understand the correlation. So I put the spear on the ground in this pond store and there's people watching and stuff. And then I'm just tuning in and it created a barrier in front of me. And then as I'm sitting there and the other side of the, the spear was this was was this outback it was tall grass and there was an aboriginal guy and he was pissed and all of his people he was like the shaman and he was pissed and he was coming at me and he was pissed and i just looked at him and i go okay and i'm just looking at him and i'm sending him love and he's pissed and he's just wondering he's waiting for me to make a move right and i'm just sending him love and hi i'm love and he just got tired of the standoff and he just waved me off and they all turned around and, and walked away and the curse was broken. Wow. <laughs> Did I tell him how that came up recently or is it too too scary? I don't know, whatever you like. Do you remember what we, we were doing the energy work? Well, You have to remind me, sorry. Yeah, that person who's, who's trying to take Mess away your us. business. Yeah. Who's, who actually... Did a number on you guys energetically so yeah. i've i've been addressing them in energy saying back off we're, we're doing this for humanity back off and i don't think you want to be on the other the wrong side of me and energy you know because it's like for humanity it's like no you're right. not going to stop what we do there's an intensity to higher purpose yeah so i'm protecting this higher purpose like Mama Gaia or something. Mm -hmm. So he's messing with the transcendence of all of humanity by trying to, you know, bleed, bleed energy out in a court case. So we're addressing him in energy. Yeah. And then who shows up? I, I'm trying to let him know in energy that you're, this isn't going to go well for you. If you try to destroy what we're doing for a higher purpose, it's going to come back on you. I'm not attacking him. I'm just yeah. like, not, I'm not allowing him to be protected in, in, in denial or whatever. Yeah. And so he, he's getting that. But then you know who came out of the outback? Our friend with the spear came out of the outback and he approached it and now he was on our side because right. the work we do is to benefit all, um, um, what are they? Um, indigenous indigenous peoples. people and he is an indigenous people so this dude who was attacking sees my purpose and now he's on he's like on our side and so yep. he had a spear and he was like kind of had it at the throat of this dude that's trying to destroy your legacy and energy you know yeah or your momentum or whatever so yep. yeah so and then, you know, as we're doing the work, at least during your daylight hours, you know, the light be behind your um, window is just strobing like crazy. If people haven't seen that episode, um, have a look on YouTube. It's called Marvin, Jen and the Adepts. And but you it's, can just see how the light is strobing. 
It's happening in all the sessions now. I don't know why. Do you want to talk about one of the recent sessions? Yeah, please do. Um, Well, I don't know what you're referring to. What are you referring to? So the the light strobing in the sessions, it's just going nuts. And, you know, um, so your client can see it. And then when we post it up on YouTube, you know, it's very obvious that the strobing is just going on and off. And then you're saying that you can actually see that it then transfers into the client's room. And that's in one of my private sessions. That's actually the exorcism. Now, I I put out tabs for anyone who can do their own exorcism, which which it's not like um, Linda Blair. There's no pea soup or anything. It's just (laughs) these little disturbances. So there's two tabs involved. And I, I put them on that thing. And it's like I, I carried this woman through these things. And as the light is strobing, then as she's doing the tabs, you can see it transferring into her background. Yeah. And it's I don't know why people don't think that's a phenomenon. I mean, I remember um, seeing a big news item because a piece of toast looks like the Madonna. Or hmm. I remember know. those too. Mm. Yeah. So I think this is more... Or a bleeding statue of Jesus, you know, those kinds of things. So this is evidence of a lot of light and energy and stuff. So yep. I think it's fascinating. You're getting tired. Darshan's getting tired. I know. It's a, It's been a big day. We've done a number of sessions. So um, this is going to be a light topic. And I say that with my tongue firmly implanted within my cheek. We're going to call this one the Cyborg Army. And can I just say that I first heard about the Cyborg Army and the story around that probably right at the beginning of when I started to listen to your old podcasts. Mm-hmm. And and I found them very confronting. Mm-hmm. And the idea of being enslaved, you know, in a cyborg body and whatever. And so I really didn't know what to make of it. So you, again, had a nudge from the adepts to record a podcast episode, Jen and Ajami's On the Cyborg Army. So why don't I let you sort of talk a little bit, introduce the topic. I'll see if I can ask some questions that can help sort of, you know, bring it, bring it home. But generally, this is your story. Okay. And you want to do the disclaimer? Like, we're not saying that this happened... I tapped into the cyborg army through the sociopath that locked me up and to kill me and destroy yes. my soul. So we don't know. I don't know if it's real in in the physical realms or if it's yep. it's. And I think everything that that is, can be imagined exists on some realm of possibility. So it exists somewhere. Right but and. Yes, I was going to ask you about that. In fact, I was going to ask you that question when you're sort of halfway through your story, but let me ask you now. So one of the things when I was listening to some of the episodes about eight months ago, in my mind, my questioning was, am I to take this as a literal um, recollection of, you know, the human history and I know that there are various people that talk about, you know, the galactic history and the battles for Earth and this and that, and the Myrians and this and that. And okay, that's fine. At one level, I kind of listen to it and I go, all right, that's interesting. But then my question is, well, what? how does that empower me and what do I do about it? And I had a similar reaction to the cyborg story and I asked you, 
And and your response was? Well, and and when you ask a question, I don't know the answers. I just tune in and, and I get the answers right back of me. And right. yeah, my heat is off again. My heat's broken again. Anyways, so it's the I'm energy's cold messing with you, Jen. Yeah, exactly. But this is important to know is that it is related to what happens in our politics and stuff. And I'll tell you why. The cyborg army may not exist in the physical. I had the experience that I'm going to share of being harvested for parts and being turned into a cyborg. Right. And the thing is that this experience as surreal and subjective and intangible as it is it comes up in the records of people that i work on yeah and um what happens twofold what happens is when someone has an experience like i'm going to describe it's the most lonely experience possible it's like it's like being separated from your humanity yeah and so, but, but there's other people who, when I do the tabs with them, they feel relief in doing it. So yep. it must be in their analog somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I figured out this is like people who, you know, how who, there's a lot of people who are invested in their pain, like <laughs> people who have fibromyalgia and, and they almost seem proud of it. And you try to help them and it's like, no, my pain is important, even though they're complaining about it and they don't want it, but they do want it. Yeah. And the reason they may want it like that is because when you're trapped in a cyborg body, yeah. you have no sensation of pain. Yeah. So people who have been, who have experienced that on some intangible level, yeah. maybe using the pain in the physical, to remind them that they're real, that they're alive, that they're yeah. human. And that seems like a very direct correlation between your pain and wanting yeah. to be human. That was, that was one thing. Another yeah. thing that the adepts wanted me to share is a lot of people thought that, you know, in America, they thought that Hillary should have been president and it was robbed of her and that um, we yeah. got robbed because we got this, um, alternative reality thrust on us with another. Yeah. So the reason that had to be was for some reason, her becoming president would have entrenched humans, humanity into this apathy that was conducive of enslaving them into a cyborg army. And it, it may be an intangible thing, but if she was president and uh, things went the way they went, yeah, it might have, it might have, um, artificial intelligence was on the uh, agenda, and we might have been induced into an AI experience, which is might be there's fringes of it happening now, but I'm talking about systemic, like chipping and um, whatever. Yeah. People think it's happening through inoculations, but they don't realize the work that's being done behind the yeah. scenes to purify the vaccines. By the way, yeah. people, it's okay. I'm working my ass off to purify those things. It's yeah. not, we we evaporated that timeline of it. Yeah. There was, in the conspiracy theories and the surreal aspects mm -hmm. in people's imaginations, there was a correlation between the cyborg army 
the inoculations and being enslaved by humanity. Well, I'm yep. letting people know that that is being dried up in energy. So yep. that isn't the case. It's safe to take their inoculations and it's not going to induce them into um, the cyborg army. Yep. What I was going to say about the Hillary Clinton aspect of the story is um, a similar line of thinking could be that um, had um, Hillary become president, it may have led to a pathway of apathy that didn't allow people to awaken because right. the alternative reality that we, that, that we then had, the world then had, for you know the ensuing four years basically gave a whole you know billions of people on the planet an opportunity to go mm, okay and right. that was an awakening moment so do you know the levels of um transcendence it's called ag flap um hit me ah uh, let me think anger grief fear lust no, apathy, fear, grief, ag apathy, grief, fear, lust, anger, and then peace. Yeah. Anger comes right before peace. Right. So apathy is way down on the survival scale. That's where she right. was. Now, everyone thinks that this, the last guy was the second coming, which is kind of like not so. It, there's... There's energies that are trying to induce that reality to keep people trapped. It's like they take a partial truth and yep. they put all these lies on it and they let the lies piggyback the partial truth. Yeah, the and then it creates is, steam and energy on its own right, right. and it's perpetuating. And... Right. So the truth is he needed to be in place. And he was mm -hmm. checked all the time. I mean, I, I, you know I was on it. My whole book, The Turning Point, is is checking all that psychic energy. It actually flushed it out. But what it did was it took people from apathy, like everything's okay, we don't have to think about it, to no, yeah. we think about it, we have to we have to do our part, excuse me. It whipped everybody into an anger, which is the state before awakening, before you get to peace. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that he's the second coming or that he's no. a divine being. But people, that's another form of psychic energy is the belief that he, you you can't get good out of evil. Yeah. And and you can't, the vibration of, of higher consciousness can't come out of a selfish sludge. And, and look, another thing that you mention quite often is that if you're finding, if you're looking for and finding salvation out there, in yeah. another person, a grand poobah, a messiah, a whatever, then you're probably missing the point because you need to be looking within. It's a, it's, it's another way of taking people who are awakened because the people who are believing that he is like um, a divine um, uh, angel are the mm -hmm. people who are spiritually awakening a little bit. So yeah. what they do is they they take their their they're they're like gullible because they're like yeah open. looking for looking they're, for they're truth. open yeah yeah and then they they use the the um 
they use the beliefs, some of the beliefs that they believe in, and then they yeah. put their stick in it and they bastardize their truth. And then yeah. what happens is they create another cycle of, of illusion and, and, and um, duping them at a Can higher I suggest level. the day, another layer of the daisy of death? Exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, just do tabs on the daisy of death and all conspiracy theories. Now, when you do tabs, the SFT tabs on all conspiracy theories, yeah, you don't have to know what they are. Your mm -hmm. higher self knows. So, if there's a truth out there, you're not gonna, you're not mm -hmm. gonna dissipate that truth at all. You're just gonna dissipate the energy of being duped. Yeah. So, do the, do the do the energy do the energetic cleanse on belief in a outer messiah or this whatever. And then see how that is and just do it with anybody. Do it on me. That's the beauty of the SFT tabs because I can't uh, I can't bastardize humanity with them because people can do the tabs on me. Do them on me. I'm not gaining any energy from what you're doing. I specifically don't allow you to to feed energy into anything we do, right? Right, exactly. So so there's a full proof way of proving to yourself truth is by doing the energetic cleanses on whatever is tripping you up yep. does that make sense it does so these this, these are great conversations around the general topic and so do you want to tell now the story of the cyborg army because i think we i think what we've done in the conversation is we've had all the the connecting conversations which we're going to have after you tell the story around the cyborg army, but Hey, you know, it happens the way it happens. The adepts just sort of guide us. And, you know, this is, this isn't scripted just so people know. <laughs> I, is, I think they kind of know as much oh, as you reckon they've worked that out now. <laughs> well, I know now you work it out. <laughs> I know you've tried to script it and I, I love this. It's like, you'll say, okay, Jen, we're going to say this. And, and what's your point, Jen? And I go, okay, you want me to say this? And you go, right, perfect. And then next, this is going to come, right? What's coming, Jen? This perfect, Jen. And then when we get on the air and it's like, it's nothing, nothing like you. Nothing like that. And, and and so how did my attempts to script, how did that go for you? <laughs> how did it go for you? It's like, it's like herding cats. <laughs> it didn't go at all. Okay, so this is completely unscripted. So, um, why don't you because it's a fascinating story around how you became aware of it what you felt out of it and how you connect then this story and some of the learnings of it through some of your client work okay so um so when i was connected to the sociopath who ended up um locking me up in the beginning we were connected by phones he bought me a cell phone and we were connected 24 7 like he, I was there and I was helping him. He felt unsafe in the world. So we were always connected. I was in his, his Akashic records, his memory banks, and he had researched all the conspiracy theories there was. So I was like tapping into all that stuff through him. Yeah. And one day I had this conscious experience. I was awake. You know, some people know what it's like. You know what it's like, Marvin. You're supposed to be asleep, but you're awake, but you're not and you're having this experience well I was with him and he was he was in this scenario he was a high level power monger like the slick 
cool guy who had everything going for him, but he, he pissed off the wrong person. And um, in this scenario, there were all kind of underground, um, underneath the airport in, in Washington, D.C., and all these things. There were all these kind of the underground cities and all this stuff. and Bases. Yeah, and, bases, things right, like and that. technology to fly to other, other planets and stuff. So him and I were drugged, and we were taken to this other planet, and it was the most loneliest experience I could, you could imagine. It was like I was in this dark little room waiting for the next day, and there were like neon signs out the window, and it was like really dark and body, and I was just, it was just horrible. And the next day I was taken into this um, laboratory kind of, it was a, it was a cross between a laboratory and a conveyor belt kind of like a production. production. Mm -hmm. And I watched them harvest that person. This is why we got so close is because I actually watched him be, get his parts harvested and be mm -hmm. turned into a cyborg. And then they did it to me. They they harvested my heart, my lungs, my brain, mm -hmm. and there was that was all. And the rest was hollow. And the thoughts would just echo through me, and there was no connection. It was like a sense of it, and I could watch and perceive in my astral eyes what was going on, but I had no connection to it, and I couldn't stop what I was seeing and the horrific things I was seeing. Mm -hmm. And when I woke up from that, I stuttered for like two weeks straight. I couldn't recover from it. And right. it terrified, it terrified my friend because I had like removed myself from most people, but that, and then he had this experience and we remember his name. I wonder if I should say his name in that past life. I wonder, probably not, right? Uh, up to you. I, I don't think so because I don't want to like attract anything that I don't need to attract. Anyways, he had this experience where there was this big contraption that was bigger than a washing machine, but it mm -hmm. was like a microwave where they would put someone in there and scramble them, and that's <laughs> how they killed them. And that was his big terror moment. Right. So. So we were kind of connected. People wondered why, you know, I was drawn to this guy. But we were both having these terrifying experiences. And it yep. was like when no one else will understand what you, you're experiencing, it kind of like creates this kind of like connection. Yeah. Like that. But what was interesting is um, when I was on the property and I was tapped into these armies and all these AI and, all these conspiracies and everyone yep. would say, Oh, we want to, we want to let people know what's going on. Yep. And the adepts were talking to me at the end and they said, why? When you open up the portals to this stuff, what you're yep. doing is you're drying up the innocence of earth. Let hmm. everybody have their innocence here. It's meant yep. to be innocent and protected from that. Yeah. That was one thing. And the other thing was, um, I already talked about the pain and how like having pain in the physical is a way to reconnect yep. to your humanity. But 
So we've been doing work on the Cyborg RMU, the tabs, and people who have, have resonate with that have done the tabs on the Cyborg Army and everything. Yeah. But there's something about the COVID. Yeah. There's something about people dying alone without loved ones in yeah. an artificial lung, the respirators, yeah. conjures up the experience of, of the Cyborg Army. So yeah. I'm wondering if people who were going to be trapped in the experience of the Cyborg Army were getting a little experience of that loneliness and isolation through crossing over with COVID and having that experience so they don't have to be trapped in that surreal experience of being a cyborg. Yeah. But also having that little bit of experience of loneliness, that depth of that loneliness before yeah. they transcend to higher consciousness or whatever. Yeah. So um, I think the, the story, um, you know, look, it's, it's a confronting story, um, but it has, um, there, there is some purpose to the story and, and you've described that purpose in this episode, so I'm not going to rehash it. Um, but um, what was I going to say is um, if, if we can think about that story and put it in the context of conspiracy theories in general, and we've spoken about conspiracy theories and how you want to sort of take the energy out of it, not sort of perpetuate it and anything any kind of teaching or, you know, understanding that is based in fear is not liberating and therefore, you know, don't put your energy towards it. So that kind of stuff. So there's all that sort of, you know, really good stuff that comes out of the cyborg army story. Uh, and one other aspect is I wonder if we can use that experience because you describe it as having a, you know, having had a visceral experience of this mm -hmm. at, at some level, at some dimension in some reality in, in some whatever but if we can would you be comfortable in describing this experience as being a metaphor for humanity that can help explain things like loneliness the echo you know because you were saying you know the echo of thoughts just bouncing through you know possibly a metallic sort of exoskeleton you know mm -hmm. arrangement whatever so those kinds of things and then, you know, if you can have a metaphor for that, then you've got a focal point to do the taps to then sort of release yourself from the experience. Because the thing is that in, in all of these Jen and Ajami conversations, Jen and Ajami's conversations, um, I would like there to be an interesting perspective from a different vantage point that has some kind of resolution that helps people. Okay, so here's one. And... Um... It doesn't, so ascribe it to conspiracy theories. You're not going to get the whole picture because those worlds are so vast. And I spent, I spent my life in them on the property and stuff. You can't figure them out in the linear, linear world. You're yeah. just going to get dregs of them. So, yeah. so it, it's, it's a drain on your spiritual yeah. life to delve into try that. and figure it out it, it's almost like derailing you from your spiritual purpose and trying yep. to figure them all out so you might as well close the portals to all those things that you fear close yep. close all portals to conspiracy theories to um nefarious realities close it all down dry them up because yep. 
the more that I've contemplated in that, so I can contemplate about these nefarious beings that want to subjugate Earth, right? Or is, what they're actually doing at the core is trying to shut down the experience of, of, of space or life. And what I've come from to is our imagination, our creativity, our drive actually expands consciousness. You know, they're saying that space expands. Oh, yeah. The way that it expands is through our imagination and our creativity. So yeah. there's some, if there was a nefarious force, it would be to shut down our creativity totally, shut down our imagination, and to dry up the other realms, not just the physical realm, but dry them up totally, and to shut down anything that is creative. And in that way, they shrink the other worlds. Because you create your heavens, you expand even the realms of heaven with your yeah. imagination, and it's necessary. So yeah. if you want to make a better heaven for your children, a better experience, not only in the physical, but in all realities, do your damnedest to feed your imagination in a positive, effective, giving way, instead yeah. of one of fear. Fear shuts it down. And love and hope and inspiration and kindness expounds, expounds yep. heaven. It actually yep. literally expounds heaven. That's what we're doing. We're expounding the heavens right now. Yep. What an uplifting way to end this conversation. Thank you very much, Jen. Thank you, Darshan. Thank you, listeners. Please like, share, subscribe, uh, comment. Share up the yin-yang, please. Everyone, yeah, please. Please do that. Um, it's important because, that this message that's, gets out. That's one way to expound yeah. the consciousness. Truth. You, instead yeah. of shutting down truth, you have to like be a badass with your truth and just put it out there. I, I started saying I was a dynamic healer, tongue and cheek, until I say it and, and mean it. So yeah. say, say stuff tongue and cheek until you realize it. I'm a superhero. Say it to yourself and whatever. Very good. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Darshin. Thank you, listeners. Bye for now. Bye for now.
spinning out of control It feels like you're leaving You, you're so far away. 